This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the church gives us this week one of the most extraordinary spiritual stories in the Gospels. The narrative of the rich young man. To me, this story ranks alongside the prodigal son parable, the Sermon on the Mount, maybe a few others, as one of the truly great summaries of the spiritual life. So I think it it behooves us all to pay very close attention to this great story. It has to do with a young man. He's never called young man, by the way. We just know it from the description. It says a man ran up to Jesus. He gives the impression of being someone full of energy, full of idealism, full of enthusiasm, typical of a young man. And like a lot of young people, especially young men, I would say, he's looking for a mentor. He's looking for a spiritual director, someone who will initiate him into the ways of the Spirit. And so he says, falling now at the the knees of Jesus, he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That is a good question. The young man has not only energy and enthusiasm, he's got the right spiritual instinct. He's not asking a business leader how to succeed in business. He's not asking an elder married man how to succeed in marriage, as important as those things are. Instead, he's asking the most serious possible question. How do I enter into that life that God wants me to live? Because, see, eternal life begins even now as we find our mission. So what must I do to gain eternal life? That is a really good question. You know, one worry I have, especially among younger people today, is they don't even consider this question. That, you know, flat sort of secularism I've complained about, that's one of its symptoms, one of its faces, is an indifference to the really important question. We could imagine someone saying, what must I do to get into Harvard? Maybe asking, what must I do to make my first million by 30? What must I do to have as much sexual pleasure as I can? What must I do to make it in the world? I mean, we can imagine a young man asking questions like that. But listen, now, those are not the questions that well up from the deepest part of the soul. That's where this young man's question in the gospel is coming from, that very deepest part of him. And that's to his credit. Jesus now, obviously respecting the young man's energy and his question, 
answers him bluntly and directly. And that's a good way. You know, if someone asks you a good question, don't give them circumlocutions. Don't give them indirection. Someone asks a good question, give a blunt and direct answer. And so Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. So here's a Jewish spiritual master speaking to a young Jewish man, and so he appeals to the great commandments from the book of Exodus. Jesus enumerates the second table of the law, that familiar list of thou shalt not. Do not steal, don't commit adultery, don't lie, honor your parents, etc. The young man confidently tells him, Teacher, I've observed all of these from my youth. Okay, good. Not only is he asking the right question, he's done many of the right things. You know, any competent spiritual teacher will tell you the good life always involves much more than clever ideas or simply right moral convictions or correct doctrine. The good life always has to do with action. It has to do with certain embodied practices. The good life is not just something you know, not simply a matter of belief. It's something that you do. There are certain things you must do and other things you must avoid if you want to be serious in the spiritual order. Now, notice what these commandments lay out. I call them the fundamental, basic requirements for a life of love. See, friends, love is what the spiritual life is finally all about because that's what God is. To love is to will the good of the other as other. It's moving out of yourself and actively wanting what's good for the other. Well, if you're going to love, then you can't obviously be killing people. You can't obviously be stealing from people. You can't obviously be lying. You can't be committing adultery. See, the commandments lay out the fundamentals, the basics, those elemental things you have to eliminate from your life if you want to walk the path of love. Notice, please, the Ten Commandments are not a recipe for spiritual heroism. You know, I mean, the Ten Commandments are are the basics. They're the things you have to avoid if you're the least bit serious about living in a spiritual way. You know, this is like the man asking, what must I do? And Jesus, well, let's begin with the commandments. It's, it's akin to someone who wants to become physically fit and resolves, okay, I've got to cut out my bad eating habits and I've got to cut out my physical laziness. I mean, I've been sitting around, I've been eating all the wrong foods. And so if I'm interested in becoming physically fit, Let's say you, you really want to be an athlete. You want to be a weightlifter or a runner. Well, you've got to start with the basics. You don't tell someone who's, who's you know, obese and overweight and hasn't exercised in 10 years, well, get out there tomorrow and run a marathon. No, no, you start them with the elemental moves. You know, cut out the bad eating habits. Cut out your laziness. It's like somebody who 
wants to become a scratch golfer? Well, he's got to begin with fundamentals. He has to eliminate from his swing certain basic problems. He's got to start with the basic things. You don't tell someone who hasn't golfed in in 10 years or or golfed ever, yeah, start tomorrow playing in tournaments. No, no, you, you start them at a much more basic level. So that, it seems to me, is where the rich young man is. He's serious about the spiritual life. He really wants to live it. And he's got the basics down. That's why now we hear in the next line of the narrative, quote, Jesus, looking at him, loved him. That's a wonderful line, isn't it? There's much to admire. There's much to love in this young man. How many people today would even take the time to study the Ten Commandments, much less abide by them? How many people today, as I've been suggesting, would even want the deep things of the spiritual life? Oh, yeah, people today, they'll follow all kinds of commandments in the social and political and economic order, but they routinely ignore things in the spiritual order. And so Jesus, quite rightly, loves this young man. He admires what he sees. But then, and here I think is the hinge of the whole story, having looked at the young man with love, Jesus then challenges him to spiritual heroism, to real spiritual adventure. Listen, you are lacking in one thing, Jesus says. Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come follow me. Okay, the aspiration is right. The fundamentals are in place. So now what Jesus intuits is he's ready for the serious stuff. If heaven, eternal life, is a life of love, then the fullness of heaven is had. Treasure in heaven, in Jesus' language. When one radically lets go and lives completely for the sake of the other. That's where we are now in the story. That's the hinge. He's saying, okay, you got the basics. You, you are warmed up for the serious stuff, but now I want you to take the step. Sell all you have, give to the poor, and then come follow me in a life of radical self-emptying. You know, it's interesting here. I'm teaching uh, the Reformation this quarter at the seminary, so I'm reading a lot of the Protestant theologians Luther and Calvin and others. There's a Protestant reading of this text that says Jesus is trying to crush the cocky self-confidence of the young man. So you think you've followed all Ten Commandments. Well, how about this one? And he adds this sort of extra commandment, hoping to, to crush the young man and thereby to open him to grace. I think John Paul II has a much better reading. You'll find it at the beginning of his great encyclical, Veritatis Splendor. I've been following John Paul's reading in this sermon. Jesus, John Paul says, is not trying to crush the young man. He's trying to lift him up. 
He's trying to take what is basically good in him and now make it heroic. See, we can settle for a spiritual mediocrity. You know, this young man has taken a step beyond uh, spiritual uh, degradation. I mean, he's, he's way beyond that. But he's kind of at the beginning level. I think Jesus is saying to him and to us, don't settle for spiritual mediocrity. If you're able to live a life of radical love, do it. Jesus here is like a good trainer who has seen his charge give up obviously bad habits and is now ready to call the person to a rigorous lifestyle. He's like a golf instructor who's moved his student through the fundamentals and is now ready to kick him to a new level. But then we hear, I think, some of the saddest words in the whole New Testament. Having heard this challenge, the man went away sad. It's the only example, by the way, of Jesus calling someone who doesn't respond positively. Again and again, Jesus calls people and they respond. They leave their nets, their boats, they follow him. They give up everything. They come after him. Matthew leaves his tax collector's table and follows him. But the rich young man, he walks away sad. I'll leave you with this. Where are you in terms of this story? At what stage of the spiritual journey are you? Questioning? Not even questioning. Fundamentals in place? Ready for high spiritual adventure? Where and how precisely would Jesus, the spiritual master, engage you? And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.